Hello and welcome to another edition of the Evan Eichen Show. So my guest this time is a sophomore softball player from Waldorf. She is the starting catcher from Modesta, California. It's Bree Hamblin! Hello! So how are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. My knees hurt from work, but that's fine. Yeah, well, it's the it's that time of year, you know? Pain, it just never goes anywhere. So you recently wrapped up a road trip in Nebraska, and you wound up winning three of those four games. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot. How was, how was the trip to Nebraska? Long. The, the good long or the I can't wait till we get here long? It was a fun kind of long. I mean, we're all with each other and we're all with our friends. We're watching movies and we get to be with each other, but sometimes last hour or so kind of just tends to drag on. Yeah, I've, I've been on some of those bus rides when I used to do the broadcasting for football. Like, those, those turn into a grind after a <laughs> while. Because the South Dakota trips take, like, seven, eight hours. Yeah. We went through, like, all three. At that time, there were only three because it was 2015. We went through all three Spider-Man movies, <laughs> went through about four of the paranormal activities, it was it was a long at least it had like underneath the seats had like little plugins where you could charge your phone and yeah we and had all little that. AUX cords have little parties oh uh, you got when we get super tired you guys get all the nice things <laughs> and so you grew up in Modesto California which is open northern California so when you tell people you're from California how how many like SoCal LA stereotypes do people throw at you and just assume that because when you think California, it's like, oh, everybody's from L.A. And California is L.A. and that's it. Yep, that happens most of the time. Everyone, or not a lot of people know that there's a whole kind of different California up north. Uh, how would you describe the differences between Northern California versus Southern California? Oh, I know where I live, it's mostly a farming community. And then SoCal is definitely a city area. Do you... Do you go to Southern California? Did you have a reason to go down south, or did you just... Disneyland. Disneyland? Disneyland. <laughs> uh, how, was, how was going to Disneyland? I love Disney. Anything Disney, I love all of that stuff. And then we go to the beaches in San Diego, so those are usually where we go. Uh, did you do... When you go to the beach, is it just typical just swimming? Do you do surfing? Do you do any of that? I love boogie boarding, and I've tried surfing, but it's not my... Not, not your thing? Not my thing, No. And so what were your favorite things to do growing up in Modesto? Like, what did you do for fun down there? Um, well, I grew up doing sports, lots of gymnastics and softball. And then I started getting in horseback riding. And I did a lot with horses growing up. And then definitely we were farmers. We owned almonds. And so we were always out on the ranch cropping trees and planting trees. So we did a lot of those things. Do you... Did you play any other sports besides softball? I did varsity basketball, softball, gymnastics, and I tried volleyball, made the team, but I didn't like it very much. So how long did you stay in those individual sports before softball became the one thing that you did? I did gymnastics like 2 to 12 or 2 to 10 years old, and then softball I started, and then basketball all through high school. And then I started gymnastics, uh, softball for college with so, high school. So how does someone who grew up in northern sunny California come to cold middle of nowhere Iowa to play sports? Or weren't there other Cali schools you could have gone to, to to just stay home? Or did this just seem like the right fit? 
I was actually, I was in a boating accident, and I was actually supposed to stop playing softball because I uh, was really hurt, and I, they, the doctors had no idea what was going on, so they kind of advised me to stay away from softball. And then I kind of s stopped listening to them and started doing my own thing and did a lot of physical therapy. And I actually, uh, so for like a full year, I didn't play any softball. And then I just started playing the summer before my college years would start. And then the Waldorf coach, or one of them came out and found me and I signed like two and a half, three weeks before school started. You were in a boating accident? Yeah. Uh, what happened with that? Well, I'm, I grew up doing lots of outdoor stuff, lots of, I'm kind of a low-key adrenaline junkie. I love doing things a million times more complicated than they should be and we were tubing and I uh, like shoved my wrist through the little straps that you hold on to and my dad, or my dad would do like figure eights and then so I went up with the tube, but I fell off to the right, and it broke my wrist and really messed up my shoulder. So it wasn't one of those, like, I, I almost died sort of things? It was just you just messed up your arm? or it, uh, I didn't almost die. No, I didn't almost die. I definitely just, I developed chronic shoulder instability, so my shoulder dislocates maybe 12 times a month or so. Oh. Yeah. And... Do you just like pop it back in? Like, has that messed with how you played? Um, it affects my swing sometimes, but I can usually. I've had games where I just go off, go to the athletic training room, they pop back in, and I go back in the game. And at this point, it just doesn't even bother you, or it hurts, but I, I'm just used <laughs> to it. Of course, it hurts. I'm just used to it by now. You just. I, I don't know what it would be like to get used to that kind of thing. Oh yeah, sometimes <laughs> my shoulder just pops out on its own. It's just a thing that happens, which. Uh. I can't even imagine what that feels like. I mean, it, I, I'm sure it hurts worse when you do it the first time, but for me, it's just something I have grown used to, and I have a lot of nerve damage, so I'm sure it's not the full effect. Have you had surgeries, or? Um, I went to Stanford University, uh, their clinic, and they offered a surgery, but I wasn't too sure if that's what I wanted to do, and then I went back to my uh, home orthopedic, and he kind of had a lower surgery kind of thing, so I might get that done soon, but it depends if I pass my flight physical or not. So you said you stopped playing for a year. Yeah, about. What did you do during that time? Did you stay in shape? Were you, did you still do athletic stuff, or did you try and find something else to do? Well, through when that happened, I got a lot of medical conditions through it. That same, that same year, I broke my collarbone and in a sledding accident. And then um, I would pass out a lot from pain with my shoulders. So I'd be going to doctors all over the place, and I had PT three times a week, and I'd have school. So, And then for a whole month, I didn't go to school because I would have trouble staying conscious for a while. And after that, at some point, the coaches here got a hold of you and asked if you wanted to play? Uh, yeah, I started playing travel softball again with my old team after I kind of got everything figured out. And they saw me at a tournament in San Diego, and they asked me if I wanted to play. And not thinking I'd ever play again. I was like, of course. It wasn't uh, that difficult of a decision. It was, well, I'm just going to take it and see what happens. Well, there are other colleges I could have gone to. I, um, I basically verbaled to one before my accident, but after my accident, I kind of lost contact. And then I had other colleges I could have gone to just on academics, but I really wanted to stay in softball. And you also play catcher, which is, I don't think there's an argument about it. Outside of pitcher, it's the most physically laborious thing you got to do you got to put all the equipment on and you got the mitt and you got to take all the equipment off and I love it it's my favorite position on the field hands down does it 
how does it feel like when a ball hits your hand? Because that has to hurt at depends some. Depends if it's cold. It depends if it's cold. If it's cold, sometimes you get a good sting in there. And as a catcher, you sort of have to act as sort of like the quarterback and the point guard of the team, and you need to constant communication with the pitchers. Yeah, you have to really be loud, and you have to relay everything that's going on to the field and hope that it gets back to the outfield and get the ball moving in the right direction. Do you have, like, a certain system with, like, I I approach this pitcher differently than this one, or do you just, just kind of do what you have to do? Oh, yeah, I every pitcher, I have a handshake with each of the pitchers. I love them all dearly, and each of them pitch differently and have strengths and weaknesses, so you just got to go accordingly. And both all of them are phenomenal pitchers, so they got their spins on. The other team's in trouble. <laughs> You are a criminal justice major? Yeah. Uh, what are you hoping to do with that? Uh, my plan is to graduate here and then finish my pilot's license in my hours for my flight training. And then I'm going to hopefully be a pilot for a commercial airline company and fly search and rescue on the side for a police department. Oh, my gosh. Like that. What's the studying for that like? Well, um... Criminal justice is, I love criminal justice. I grew up, I went through a ROP program, so I was doing an explorer thing with the actual sheriff's department. And then, so I know I know a lot of it, a good chunk of it. And then I already started flying back at home a few hours. So it's just kind of building off of that. Was that something that you wanted to do forever? Or was it something that was presented to you that, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. I think I'm gonna give that a try. I've wanted to fly since the, my freshman year of high school. Have you, done anything with that like have you been inside of like the cockpit of a plane or yeah i've flown a plane before you've flown you've flown a plane what, what's that like i love it oh my goodness you can't even get me experience my life you can't even get me on the plane <laughs> i'm too i'm too much of i'm terrified to get on a plane because i i have this recurring nightmare that every time i get on a plane it's going to be the one that i'm going to land in the ocean and like no one's going to know what happened to us so how do you, as someone who is too terrified to even get on a plane, what what do you have to say to me to like even get me on a flight? Like in general? Like yeah. Like hundreds of thousands of planes take off every single day and you have like a 0% chance of crashing if so. Yeah. Like very little chance. It is statistically almost imp- like I'm statistically significantly more likely to die in a car crash on my way to the airport Absolutely. than to die on the airport. But as someone who was raised by pop culture, if I see a plane in a movie, there's about a 99% chance that plane is either getting hijacked or it's, or it's crashing. Because otherwise, why else are they on a plane? To fly it. I <laughs> to, like fly, to fly it. <laughs> to fly it. <laughs> hey, you, you talked about how you enjoy all things Disney. I do love Disney. Do you enjoy more Disney things than others? Like, is there sort of like a Disney power ranking for you? I love the older, like the older versions like Mickey Mouse, Pluto, and Goofy. I don't really like the newer stuff, but I just like, I never kind of grew up, so I'm still like a little kid at heart. So I love going to Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, did you, do you play any of the Kingdom Hearts games? No. I have, no. N- I have not, no. Not, not, really, not really a video game um, person? I grew up playing Call of Duty and Halo with my dad. Then I got carpal tunnel from playing it too much. Did he ever let you win? Oh, I kicked his butt every time. <laughs> you, oh, he stunk. He, he, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll really admit that. Like, my dad wouldn't let me win at anything. And when I finally <laughs> beat him, it was a big deal. And I was like, okay, yeah. We don't really play video games anymore because he doesn't really play video games all that much. But when we had, like, an old Super Nintendo when we were growing up, like, he wouldn't let us win at anything. 
and we finally, we finally, Trevor and I, my brother and I finally beat him in something, and we were so excited that we finally won, and it was like, okay, okay, yeah, we got it out of our system, we beat Dad, we have, we have, <laughs> we have graduated from, from that. What is your favorite part about being able to play again, especially when a couple of years ago you thought that that part of your life was over and you'd never get to play sports again? I think that's why I tried so hard to go to a school that would give me a chance again because I truly thought I would never be able to play again. And so I used to hate softball. I used to take it for granted when I was doing travel ball. It would make me, like, cry. I'd complain to my parents about it. And now it's much more of a passion than it was, and it's something that I realized could be taken away, and so I can't really take it for granted anymore. Sometimes I get complacent with it, but it's something I never really want to let go. What is something that you now could have told yourself two or three years ago when that first happened that this is still an opportunity for you you can still play you can still go to college on a scholarship um I kind of was lazy in the whole college aspect I never sent emails I never did anything and I kind of wish I told myself just to not give up don't let it stop you you can still keep going we're gonna play a little bit of a fun game it's called Have You Ever, where I'm going to have a series of Have You Ever questions, and then it's a yes or no, and if the answer is yes, then you can expand on it. If it's no, we'll just move on to the next. We, we'll just move on to the next one. Already. Have you ever skipped class and gotten caught doing it? Oh, goodness. I don't think I've ever intentionally skipped class. I'm kind of a goody-two-shoes. Um, there's <laughs> one time last year I might have. You didn't go full Ferris Bueller? No, I'm scared. <laughs> I, you, I don't try to miss class. N no full Ferris Bueller where, like, the guy spends the rest of the movie trying to track you down wondering why you're not in class? Usually if I miss class, there's a good reason behind it. Have you ever been told you can't do something just because you're a girl? Uh-uh. No, I haven't. No, no. That's, that's never happened? No, I don't think so. That's awesome. Have you ever wondered what life would be like if you never tried to play softball and you just you just quit? It's like... It, this is this is over and I need to go do something else um I sometimes wonder what would happen if I stayed in gymnastics instead of moving things over because I had a, a really big opportunity in gymnastics but I think I did what was best for me in that so not really <laughs> have you ever forgotten like a piece of equipment like you walked out of the field like okay I've got all my stuff on but then you realize wait I don't have my mitt or I don't have like my mask yeah that's happened a lot is it ever, is it more embarrassing or funny when that happens? I'm, I usually can laugh at myself, and so I'll sit, I won't even realize it, and then the umpire will be like, you forgetting something? And I'll look down, and my chest protector's gone, or I only have, like, my left chin guard on. So, I just laugh. It's funny. It happens. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that would be like. It's like walking to the batter's box, and you don't have a bat. It's like, I, 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 what would that be like if someone went to the batter's box and realized, oh, I don't have a bat? Excuse me for a moment. Like, I, I kind of want to watch that happen now. I've never seen someone forget a bat. A, a helmet, maybe. But, like, you would think, like, the one thing that you actually need to, you know, hit a baseball, you would still have. Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that. Do you remember what it was like when you hit your first home run? Um, I do. It was really fun. I kept the ball while my teammates were there, and they all signed it for me. I was that person. Was, it, was that in high school? Uh, that was my eighth grade year on a travel ball team. And you got to keep the ball, and the, they all yeah. signed it. And 
<laughs> that, that that is pretty cool. Do you do you still know where it is? I think it's in my room in my drawer. Yeah, you still have it somewhere. I probably yeah, I wouldn't throw that away. What is something that you watch on TV? Like what is in your Netflix queue? I have like two different sides. I have super cheesy romantic and then I have super actiony. So, um I know I just watched um Secretariat, which is one of my favorite movies ever. That's in there. Anything horses, I'll watch. One Calls the Heart, I love. Um, I also like Sniper One. Any of that, any military movie, I love. So you anything. don't really branch into like the crazy sci-fi horror stuff or documentaries or. I can't do scary movies. You, you, you I can't. can't. I've been scarred for life, and I won't do it. What what scarred you? What made you just say, "Nope, I'm out. I'm never watching horror movies again." So it's actually a funny story. My sister and I, I don't. I think I was in like the sixth grade. I don't know. I was really young. And I can't do anything with demons or ghosts or anything. It just kills me. And so my sister made me watch, my twin sister, she's a twin, so she's not scared of anything. And we watched Paranormal Activities, which isn't even that scary. I pretended to laugh the whole time. And then right before I went to bed, I couldn't do it. And I slept in my parents' room for six months on the floor, my sixth grade year. And I haven't watched a scary movie since without tears. <laughs> you, it's just, you, you just can't do it? I can't. It's scary. How hard how hard do people try? Just like, oh, come on, give it a chance. You'll actually like all it. All the time. My Some of my best friends, they'll, like, I go to my friend's house, and they're like, oh, it's fine, we're all here, and I'm, like, hiding my head under the blanket. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I'm watching, I look up puppies on my phone. It's like, I, I, I just <laughs> I can't. can't. I can't. Uh, a somewhat similar story is there was a, I have, like, a love for trashy, intentionally bad B-movies. Like, there's just something about, this is so terrible, but I can't stop watching it. And there was a movie that came out in, like, 2002. It had, like, David Arquette and Scarlett Johansson in it. It was called Eight-Legged Freaks, and I'm terrified of spiders. <laughs> and it was a movie about this guy owns a spider farm, and there was a mine shaft, and somehow toxic waste got involved, and now there are giant spiders attacking, like, this tiny Arizona town. And then they had to take out all these spiders with, like, shotguns and everything. And I remember being, like, terrified to sleep in that movie because I thought that one of those giant spiders would show up in my house and, like, eat me. And I look back at it now and I just laugh at it. It's like, why was I ever scared of this when I was a kid? Like, this movie's terrible. But it was it's fun to look back at some of the things that you would watch as a kid and you're like, wait, why was I ever scared of this? Like, this is, this is cheesy, bad... This is just a cheesy, bad sci-fi movie. And I am here... For that, when was the last time something like physically made you mad while you were watching something on TV? Oh my goodness! Because um, about a month ago, everyone just wouldn't shut up about like this abducted in plain sight thing, and I started like I I can't remember the last time I like felt actual rage sitting down watching that movie. Which, if you haven't watched, I'm sure that you've heard all about the details of everything on it. I don't think I have. Uh, okay, well then, you, then you are a really lucky person because it was all anybody was talking about in like late January, early February. Which, uh, go ahead and Google it. Like the details will make you uh, one part will, will like horrify you that this went down, and two, it would be like, wait, what? Why? Why is this a thing? It, it's. I, I don't think I could adequately describe it in ways that wouldn't like actually make me mad, expressing it to you. I don't know. I don't... I haven't... I mean, unless politics is something, but uh, I don't usually watch much that would make me mad. 
Well, I, I didn't set out to make me mad. It was just like, okay, everyone <laughs> keeps talking about this. I'm yeah. going to see what the big deal is. And then I got about an hour into this, and I just had to pause. I'm like, nope, I can't do it. Can't do it. Like, this is too... This is too much. Like this is making this is making me too angry. There is something that I saw that just makes my skin crawl. Kind of not super mad, but like bleh, kind of thing on Snapchat. It's like a little story, and it's something like that just is like set out there to just annoy you, and it's like putting blinds up the wrong way or something. That's frustrating. But other than super mad, I haven't experienced that in a while. Uh, when was the last time something on TV made you cry? Yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, my teammates were all watching the movie I Am Legend, and when the dog died, I cried. I, I think that <laughs> I think you are like contractually slash morally obligated to cry at that movie <laughs> when that happens. Like I still can't watch Marley and Me to this day. Like I can't it, it, it it makes me cry, and like I'm I I'd like to think that I don't cry at a lot of things, but I could be wrong to a lot of people who are listening, including my own mom. Like she would. <sighs> Like, she would give you a list of things that I've cried about. But I can't watch Marley and Me without just being like, oh, I know the dog's going to die and I just can't yeah, do it. I can't either. I, I avoid movies like that. What is something about you that most people wouldn't know? Oh, goodness. Um, I have broken more than 11 bones in my body, probably, around there. Um, Not at the same time, right? No. In my lifetime. Um, I've trained horses. I don't know. Something like that. A lot of people in the Midwest don't know a lot about what I do back at home. So it's weird when I say I farm and work with horses back at home when I live from California. What's it like working with, what's it like working with horses? I'm not like super in it, like super famous or anything back at home. I just kind of help my friend out who's really good at it, and I love it. You just, I think the main thing is you, if you fall off, you just got to get back on. And sometimes you're going to get a horse that's just going to really be annoying, and you just got to keep keep working with him. When you look at, when I look at Modesto, California, there is quite a bit to do down there. You have a music festival called X-Fest, and you have a single A baseball team called the Modesto Nuts. Uh, I don't know anything about the music festival, but I do know the Modesto Nuts, and they're like a triple-A team or minor league team. Have you gone to any of the games, or, like, there's a mansion museum you can go to? Yeah, there's the McKinley Mansion. I've been to the Modesto Nuts games. They're fun to watch, and it's not, not super expensive because we always go to the San Francisco Giants. Um, or the I don't really like the A's. I'm sorry. I like the Giants, but um, we do a lot. The McHenry Mansion is cool but not my favorite place to go have you ever caught a foul ball during like a game like when you when, when I'm you catching? You, yeah. no, no I'm talking about like when you're in the stands at a game and like you catch like an actual foul ball no but I have caught a t-shirt that they've thrown oh, those t-shirt cannons yeah I've got to figure out how to get one of those <laughs> things because that just looks like so much fun and you're just like you get a free t-shirt and you get a free t-shirt uh, what bugs you when you when you're either playing sports or watching sports on TV? Like, what's the like the one thing that bugs you every time you see it? On when I watch something on TV, or like when like I... when you watch sports on TV. Oh goodness. Um, sometimes, like for me, watching softball is so boring because sometimes I'm like, she's gonna bunt. It's obvious, like move up or something like that. Um, sometimes I don't know. I'm just so used to playing it, watching it, kind of gets boring, and so it's there's that. Um, when, like, when people start playing for, you can kind of tell when people just play for the money and not really for the passion, I guess that's something that's frustrating, but 
I, I guess mine would be like super nitpicky, and I will never understand why this is a thing. When the opposing team hits a home run and the guy catches it and throws it back because it wasn't his team, do you know how many thousands of people go to a baseball game in their lives and will never get a chance of catching a foul ball, <laughs> and you caught one and you're like, nah, I'm just going to throw this thing back. <laughs> Keep it. What are you do? Why are you going? You brought a glove to the game to catch a foul ball. You caught it. You did the thing that almost nobody's ever going to do, and you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to throw this ball back because the other team hit it. Well, what? What are we doing here? I would keep it, unless they wanted it back. Uh, why, why would you do that? I will. I could live to be a hundred, and there are a handful of things I will never understand, but that has to be one of them. Like, why? Why would you do that? I could not tell you. I would keep it. <laughs> you grew up on an almond farm. Uh, we didn't. My I actually moved seven times in my life, but as I was growing up, we always had the same set of farming property, and uh, we had 20 acres of almonds or almonds. Sorry, but uh, we I grew up. We planted them. We had to put the shades on them, and now they're big old trees now. What what, what is it like picking them? Do you just go around and just pick them off the tree and just put them in a bucket or? Oh no, not with almonds. With we didn't. So we, my family, we kind of, my family's kind of big and we, they, my aunt and uncle have their own farming business for it, like called Baker Ranches. So they, uh, they did all of the hard work for us, but they did, uh, you have shakers and stuff. That's why we call them almonds because you kind of shake the L out of it and you'll have them shake the trees and then they'll drop and then you have a sweeper come and sweep them up. That sounds tedious. Uh, depends on how many acres you have. We only had 20, so it wasn't too bad. I never was a part of that process. I just remember putting on the shades for the baby trees. That was not fun. What happens after you find them? What? Like, what happens after you take them off the tree? Like, what's, this, what's the oh. next step in that process? Um, we gave our nuts to Blue Diamond, so they all went there, and then they processed them all and did whatever they do there. So you said you moved seven times in your life? Yeah. In a span of how many years? Was it hard for you to just sort of put down roots and be stable knowing that you're just going to move somewhere else or? Um, we didn't really move far. We just kind of, we stayed in the same area. We, I went to like the same, I went to the same two schools for the most part, but, um, we moved mostly because of, I think there was an economy crash in like 2004 yeah, two, or Yeah, 2000, like the mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah. And my parents had planned on, uh, building a house on our Ammon orchard, but then it got super expensive, so we started renting and renting and renting, and we just kept moving house. And then we finally bought a house my my sixth grade year, and we've stayed there ever since. Over spring break, you and the team took a week-long trip to Arizona. Yeah, that's fun. How was the Arizona trip? What, what did you guys do there besides all the softball games? You had a whole week over in Arizona at the time where the rest of us in Iowa were freezing our asses off <laughs> with, like, minus 40 temperatures. How was... How was that? Well, my, my my whole entire dad's side of the family lives in Arizona, and my twin sister goes to college there. So they all came up and saw me, and I saw a bunch of my friends, because a lot of my friends from high school go to GCU, which is about, oh goodness, I don't know how many far how far away it was from Tucson, but I know on the days we had off, I went straight to Phoenix, and I saw my sister, and I saw my family. So we hung out with them. I hung out. My parents came up from California and watched me play, so they were there, and then when we were doing softball or we had to be the team, it was just a lot of fun. It was a blast. Did you feel kind of bad knowing that, oh, we have to go back to cold Iowa now? Like, we can't just stay in Arizona forever? Um, I was, 
I really missed my family when I left. I was excited to come back and see all my friends here because I just, I don't know, I get super excited to see my friends most of the time, but uh, the weather was a downer, yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely was. It, uh, as someone who was here the whole time, especially during like the polar vortex portion of the year <laughs> where it hit minus 60, where it was like, hey, don't go outside or you will die. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. It, I would have happily taken that trade. It's like, oh, you get to go to Arizona for a week. Like, yes, please, please, thank you. Get me out of here. Yeah, it's cold. It's never that cold back at home. <laughs> How was it adjusting to that? Because you grew up in Northern California and now you're here. And as someone who has been around for a while, like when you see like the coastal kids and they experience, and someone experiences snow for the first time, they're really excited and they're happy. And like the, the novelty just wears off like immediately. Like 30 seconds in, they're like, I hate this. I want to get out of here. How jarring was that going from warm, sunny California to here? Well, where I lived, uh, the snow was not that much, not that far away. We were just a f like 45 minutes south of snow. So we can always drive up to the snow whenever we wanted. But I have never, ever experienced such cold temperatures as this. And I remember my first semester I was here, I had two jackets and when I told my dad how cold it was, he sent me like seven pairs of boots and five jackets. And he told me that I had to get snow goggles because my eyelids would freeze. And he was freaking out more than I was. And I just looked like Humpty Dumpty. For it sounds like you're week. about to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, I was, I was, I, my dad did a serious shopping spree for me. <laughs> did you, did you keep all the stuff or did you just give it out to your friends? Cause like, what are you going to do with seven pairs of boots? Um, it was, it was like four, not seven, but as an exaggeration, it was, I've been using them. A lot of them I use for hunting, so I kind of kept them back at home too. So a lot of them I use, the, I keep the ones that are like super insulated and waterproof because it rains a lot too. What do you hunt? Um, I'm not, I, we do, my dad does big trophy bull elk and then my sister and I do cow elk and then shotgun shooting. Uh, have you, have you caught, uh, well, caught would be the wrong word. <laughs> have you gotten one of those pieces that you mount on the wall and you display everywhere or oh, I, I haven't my dad has but when I went I missed so it was super embarrassing uh, we tracked it I hit it but I hit it in the wrong spot so it ran off and we never found it uh, well I'm sure somebody did somewhere yeah or a wolf or something <laughs> or, or had a, a good dinner <laughs> or a wolf or something had a good dinner what is something that you enjoy the most about being here uh, whether it's playing softball or you're studying for being a pilot what is something you enjoy the most about being here um one thing i love most is probably the atmosphere here i living in a town of i don't know 240,000 people it was a big change and i went to a small high school so i mean that was kind of nice but coming here i I get I know almost everybody on campus and I I love my friends to death and I think that's my favorite part is I couldn't imagine losing my friends cuz I know I've definitely made lifelong friends here. What is something about growing up in a large town that makes it a little bit Do you find it a bit more of a relief that you're in a small community like growing up in a town of 200 something thousand? Um it didn't really affect me as much. Like, there's the whole, like, Minnesota nice, and I, I kind of 
I say oofta now, which was a big <laughs> change. Um, I haven't said pop yet, but it's coming. I have had a few moments. But everyone waves at you, which is really nice, and that doesn't really happen back at home. So it's definitely more a family community, it feels like here. Um, it's not Back at home, it's not so much of a change just because I kind of know all the roads. I know where everything is, so it's kind of just home. So it's not, like, crazy different, but it's still not what's, nice. What's your favorite funny softball story that's happened not well not necessarily to you but like you've personally seen like something that just makes you laugh every time you think about it um i oh goodness there's a lot of them there's like i play on a co-ed softball team with my parents and my sister so there's a lot of funny ones with that but one in particular i remember is i just started catching and i was, I don't know, I was like 14 years old maybe, and it was, I hadn't caught for very long, and the umpire was like 16 years old, and I thought I was super cool because he, he was super flirting with me, <laughs> and I was running from, I caught the whole entire inning, and he and I talked the whole entire time, and then I was running, I was on base, I was running from first to second, I was out by a mile, but he called me safe, and that was really funny, the whole entire team was dying because they all knew what was happening. And the other team knew what was happening, and they were screaming, yelling at him. And he's like, "I don't think she tagged her." And I, I knew I was out, and I was laughing. It was really funny. Did any, did anything uh, happen more with that, or no, 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 <laughs> I no. Hey, shoot your shot, I guess. <laughs> Is there any other stories that you want to share before we let you go? Uh, I don't really have anything. Well, I think that would be a good place for us to wrap up. Uh, Bree Hamblin, Waldorf softball player, and future airline pilot yay future airline pilot do you I, I have to know more about that I've never met anybody that's wanted to fly airplanes before I love it my dad I'm hope my plan is to hopefully get my fixed wing pilot's license and then my rotary wing and fly helicopters too my dad was a helicopter pilot in the army so that's where he can I got to try on his helmet and I've been in a helicopter I've flown a plane so I just love it. I, I get so excited about it. It pumps me up, and it's, like, my favorite thing ever. I When I did my uh, my introductory flight, my favorite thing was when we flew up to I don't know how many feet, and the instructor just was like, we're going to nosedive here and see if you actually want to be a pilot. And we just went shooting straight for the ground, and I'm coming out of my seat, and I'm screaming and laughing, and I'm having such a good time. And ever since then, I knew that's what I wanted to do. They, So in training, they have, like, an intentional nosedive? like he would it was just an introductory flight so it was before you kind of like decide if you want to fly and so he was he was in the I was in the pilot seat and he was in the co-pilot seat and um, we just kind of got up and he's like you're gonna hear like a, a screaming sound which was like the I don't know like an emergency alert and he just started putting the nose to the ground and then you're like coming out it's called oh goodness um, negative gravity or something where you start coming up out of your seat. I don't remember what it was called, but I was laughing the whole entire time instead of screaming or yelling or anything. I was just laughing and it's blaring sounds and I'm just loving it. So That sounds just terrifying. I loved it. I I'm I, he knew what he was doing, so I wasn't too worried. It's like that meme where like that dog is sitting at the table and everything's burning around. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. We're, <laughs> I we're loved good. it. it was, I knew he had everything under control, so I was just gonna enjoy it and embrace it and I, I'm excited to really start flying. Would you fly one of those, like, little personal Cessna planes? Like uh, that's what I'm... The first plane I flew was a dual-engine Cessna. 
So that's the, um, I'm supposed to start on the single engine one, but when I went to fly, that one was out of service, so I started with the dual engine. But when I go back, I'm probably going to get the single engine. That sounds like one of the most interesting things I've, I've ever heard. I've, I've never met anybody who wants to fly a plane. I just assumed that they had, like, airline school. They do. Or, they have a lot of schools for it. I actually was super close to going into the Coast Guard and start flying, but then I got nervous about the ocean, so <laughs> I don't want to... Part of what you have to do is live on a... For the academy, you have to live on a sailboat for a certain amount of time, I read. I don't know if they still do that, but they did, and I was like, that is not my thing, to be a pirate for like a month and a half is what it felt like. Yo-ho-ho and a uh, bottle of rum, a pirate's <laughs> life for me. <laughs> but, not the li- no, but not the life of Brie Hamlin, apparently. No, I... I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> uh, n- no, that, uh, that would that would be a bit that'd be a bit of a hard sell for me. So I think that's a good place for us to wrap up for good. Uh, this episode and other episodes will be available on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. You can also find me online and at Facebook. Uh, the website that you can listen to all this is at evanation.podbean.com. Uh, for the month of April, new episodes will be available every single Thursday by noon. Central Standard Time. And for Brie Hamblin, I'm Evan saying so long, and I'll see you next time.